Herbert is being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton. Touchdown Chargers! Yes, what is happening, Bolt fam? Welcome to the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. I am Andy Prophet, joined by a couple of hot-headed friends today, Jack Reed and Alistair Lloyd. Welcome, fellas. How are we doing after that one? No comment. I was wondering if we were going to get a rhyme, an intro rhyme from you, Andy, mate, if you were, just because we were feeling so down and fucking glum. But uh, no, nah, you brought the energy. I'm feeling all right. This is going to be an interesting show. It looks like Jack is done and finito. And I am uh, I feel all right. Like right. I'm pissed off that we lost, but I'm not feeling like burn it up. The sky's falling game over for the season. Big game ahead. So lots to unpack. Yeah, that's right. It's always disappointing to lose um reminiscent of you know charges years past with the game ending interception a la phil rivers um and yeah had our, had our opportunities but couldn't obviously get the job done so yeah folks thanks for joining us today after that loss on monday night football a bit of a rough cowboys recap to digest but it's always cathartic we'll have a bit of fun with it don't you worry about that and then the goddamn chiefs coming up in kansas city in week seven which is looking like quite a massive, massive implicated game for us as the Los Angeles Chargers. So the Dallas Cowboys 20, LA Chargers 17. If only the sugar and spice from the pregame fracas lasted more than the opening four and a half minutes for the Chargers, we might have been somewhat excited sitting on the couch, but that was as deflating as the helium balloons two weeks after your birthday party. Hot, Hot start on both sides of the ball, an early lead, but it was a benchmark that I think the Chargers set a little too high for themselves for the remainder of the game. The star quarterback looked off, and he was, as to the offensive line. And once again, the Chargers gave themselves into horribly timed and worse disciplined penalties, costly missed tackles, and like we said, a fourth quarter interception to give Lady Luck the night off completely. We slumped to two and four after the bye now, and we're dropping behind even the Raiders in the AFC West chase. Oh, well, on to KC we go. Jack, no more chance for no comment. Talk to me, well, baby. That was a Freudian slip, Andy, because uh, you've just called it two and we're two and four. So you've already penciled us in for a loss against the Chiefs. Uh, oh, that's all right. Oh, sorry to notice. <laughs> and that's, that about sums it up how he, I feel. He's not wrong. He's that not about wrong. sums up how I feel. Every single, every single week, there's a little bit of me ever since Brandon Staley has taken over that maybe this will be the week. Maybe this will be the week where we'll put in a performance and it'll be, I'll be happy with it. Wasn't necessarily happy with the Raiders. Wasn't happy with the Vikings. Definitely wasn't happy with Tennessee. And I'm calling it, I'm done. I am done. That little voice, that little bit of hope inside of me is finished. Um, I uh, have almost, no, I'll say it. I don't think Brandon Staley is the guy. Unfortunately, there are other forces around him that are at play. Kellen Moore in this game that he apparently was meant to be preparing his his whole offseason for. They had the bye week to prepare other than the first drive. Laid an egg. Justin Herbert injured. Uh, Rachel Slater injured. Yeah, so is half the league. Um, 
I'm done thinking that we're going to win anything. This is nothing but a mediocre football team. That's it. I'm saying it. We're a 500 team at best. I don't think we're going to go deep in the playoffs. There's just too much against us. Chargers, your challenge is to convince me to have that little voice back inside because now I'm an empty cavity. That's all I am as a Chargers supporter. So, um, you know, that's where I'm at the end of it. I'm, I've, I'm probably pretty tired as a new dad, but that's that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm sort of finished. Every single game we play is close. Every single game has egregious mistakes and errors. We can't play coherent football. There's no consistency, and there hasn't been really for three years. So that's it for the first third of this season. That's where I'm at. Alistair. Are you going to bring any? Yeah, that's that's my whack. Done. You blow, you no, blow my no. flag off the wall, mate. I like it. I like the energy. Well, the, the great irony is he's channeling Staley by playing around and pointing his pen at the camera as he just unleashes a tirade, and now he's playing with his water bottle too. Look at him. He's doubling up on well, the Well, well coach, Daniel, but... well, Daniel, you know, um, uh, you know. That, <laughs> We're the best third down defense That's what you league. think, yeah. but that's not what we think inside. No, I won't say what's now. No, anyway, sorry. Doing a bit of a Donald like, Trump there as well, I reckon. <laughs> well, look, it's in, it's interesting because what what I'd like to unpack what it is about this specific game that would have you out because stepping back, this specific game would be one where a, a Cowboys offense that has been powerful at times this season ultimately scored twenty points, and some elements of the defense worked very nicely specifically the run defense managed to get pressure pretty good on third down overall and really this is an unusual game where justin herbert really from the get-go wasn't justin herbert and we've gotten so used to him doing that but he was off from the very first drive i thought the screen he threw to keenan that was Ridiculous. awkwardly behind him in the red zone and even the touchdown pass to keenan also wasn't on him and from there, it got worse and worse, under-throwing balls, over-throwing balls, just for some statistical um, support. Here's adjusting, adjusted completion percentage the last two games, and that means completion percentage when you remove drops, essentially. We're 64.7% this week, 60.9% last game against the Raiders, and those are two of his three worst of his career. The other was the Patriots back in 2020. So he's a bit off. Um, but we can kind of dig into why that might be. There are lots of different factors, but why this game, Jack? Why this game where the Chargers have the ball with two minutes left, Monday Night Football against a team many fancies a Super Bowl contender? Uh, and as you said yourself, every game has been within a score. There's been no blowouts. So why are you because out? Because I have not seen a consistent performance for weeks. When was the last consistent, coherent performance we've seen? That falls on the head coach. That falls on your coordinators, not your players. Where, yes, we can pick out, oh, the run defense was good. Oh, you know what? Uh, the, the receivers were actually pretty good too. But there's always some egregious other area where, where there's failure. That's what I can't get. And the, the what's the difference is between a 500 team and the Chiefs and the Eagles and other teams that play well in a season is this consistency is that there's always a yeah. point where if one, if there's a mistake or if there's a couple of mistakes, the other, the other, um, I guess the other team picks it up and they sort of go off one another. At the moment, it's either really good on defense or good on defense, crap on offense. Oh, okay, on offense, crap on defense. There's just never has been a complete performance. And I do, I do put that down to how the preparation is. And even more egregiously, I cannot 
I cannot forgive. You've got a week off to get healthy, to practice. Look like you scripted your first five plays well, Kellen. Awesome. Great. The rest of the game went to shit. I cannot, cannot forgive under preparation. And Dan Quinn has got your number, Kellen. You've got a bit of work to do. Yeah, I uh, don't don't disagree with you about laying the attic. I like I like in that first drive the the touchdown sequence to dropping one droplet of water in a pa- a pot of hot oil. You know, just that, and then it just effervesces over the the surface, and then it's gone as if it was never there. Um, there's there's a lot to be said about where Justin was physically and mentally. I think uh, obviously that hand on the non-throwing arm was giving him trouble. It looked like he almost had like a clown uh, glove on at one point, like the splint or the brace had come off. Um, Mm. But he was just overcooking balls. Um, That was the first game. It's been mentioned before in the the press. Um, That was the first game where I thought he was actually rushing through his progressions to get to his check down at times and was just almost trying to just – just try and force what he thought was the the most efficient way. And it, it looked forced. Um, I don't know if there was a lack of sort of communication or cohesion between he and Kellen Moore and what they were trying to achieve wasn't working. Oh man, that (laughs) house of horrors kind of thing. Um, the, the one photo you don't want taken on the roller coaster. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, we've spoken so much about his sort of his emotional growth. And I just felt like that really took a backward step. Um, I don't know. Have you got anything more to add on why you think yeah, Justin? Yeah. Let's be very clear. Herbert was pressured on 47.7% of dropbacks. Mm. And there's a general tipping point where it's considered anything over 45 is unworkable and you cannot operate. Yeah. Usually like 40 is very bad. 35 is kind of about what you expect in that kind of zone. And against the Raiders, he was pressured a lot too. So I think what we've become accustomed to is Herbert's a top three quarterback for like not allowing pressures to be converted into sacks. A bit like Mahomes, even in this game, he only got sacked once. What we saw yesterday, I thought, was him being forced out of the pocket a heck of a lot because he was just like, I'm getting pressured so much, I'm needing to move immediately. And so I, I don't want to put it all in his lap. He missed some throws that he never misses. He put them down but, to the finger, the discomfort. Well, like in the press conference, he he obviously said he didn't accept that. He said it didn't cross my mind too much. But it's his non-throwing hand. But who knows? He's still gripping the ball and taking snaps, and maybe it's hurting. Can, can we stop? Can we yeah. stop playing funny buggers in press conferences too? Can we just have a bit of maturity and just tell it how it is? Why don't you just say, you know what, Justin, how's the hand? It's fine. won't affect me. Yes, it will. Just, hey, listen, guys, transparency. Yeah, it's a broken finger, um, but I'm going to do my best to to play under center. And I haven't taken any snaps there, but I'm going to give it a go. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just, just you're tight. Everything about this team is tight from, from the coaching to how Herbert's playing. Joey Bosa is so fucking tight, his toes are falling off. So can we just be professionals and just play and speak like a team at the moment it's every the defenses are all up everywhere and it's showing on the field i I, i'm still incensed and because this is all controllable stuff because you can control how you react control the controllables um and andy i think jack needs a a lullaby sung to him at the moment i think he needs (laughs) 
to be put to sleep. And yeah, for a okay. Bit. One of the best defenses. I had them as the best defense in the NFL, but I still expect better. And can we say, oh, he's playing with a left ankle, Slater? Okay, sure. So is most of the league's playing with a thing. So let's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. I'm sort of feeling a little better after this, but come on, be okay. better. Okay, let's let's temporarily move on to some things maybe that we enjoyed from the game, and then we'll we'll get back into some of the things that like. You know, as Jackley rightly points out, everything he says, I essentially agree with. Yeah. Other than, you know, we're in week five and we'll see how this team develops. But absolutely, the Chargers, it's clear as anything, are not a Kansas City, Philadelphia 49ers team at the moment. They are a middle-of-the-pack team who are in every game but out of every game. And where they will be in 10 weeks' time is another question. Right now, they're nowhere near the pace. Well, then they're not near playing consistent, coherent football. I'm going to start with one positive. When Mike Williams went down, I, I think I said it on the show. I definitely said to you privately. I thought, I don't know if this team can win a Super Bowl without Mike and Keenan together because I think they're both so important. They're $20 million players. I almost put a line through the Super Bowl at that point unless we did something drastic or QJ became a star. Clearly yeah. not happening. Josh Palmer... Josh Palmer. Sorry, to the positive. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really impressed me last night. And, no, Palmer really impressed me last night and did so much that I thought you can potentially be a wide receiver too because he would have had well over 100 yards if two or three of his catches weren't returned from dumb penalties. Fuck yeah. the holding penalties and false starts and motions gave me the shits. But, you know, he had his six, four catches for 60-something, that really interesting, like, touchdown at the start of the first quarter and all the other plays that came back. So I saw that to think, hang on, the defense is going to be better. Keenan's Keenan. Palmer really stepped up. So the, that was one thing I really took from this game. I agree. I think, for me, a positive was obviously having Austin Eckler back in the fold, but it also creates a... A reliant environment for Herbert if we just dial back to that. Um, and one thing is like we can, and we'll talk more about QJ as well and what's going on there, but um, <clears throat> just the, the reliance that Herbert has with the guys that he's already built uh, relationships with and chemistry with. So, you know, Keenan, and it goes to show how understated the stuff that Mike Williams doesn't record on the stat sheet, the stuff that mm, he does okay. taking out another, another, defensive back is almost worth more than the odd game where he has six catches for 85 yards and a tutty, you know, um, for what it allows Keenan to do and how, you know, how you saw how Keenan was operating the first couple of weeks of the season while Mike was still there. It's, um, it's crazy. It was, as I said, good to have uh, Eckler back. It also says to me that we don't have a very re balanced running group, running back group. Um, do you think like, he looked healthy? No, not particularly. No, not particularly. Um, I think our line struggled a fair bit in in run blocking anyway, so that sort of made it harder for him. But he's just when he hits that point of contact, he's getting another four yards because of how much of a dog he is and how hard he works. A la sort of Gerald Everett at times. Isaiah Spiller yeah. just not in the same in the same park. Um, and Kelly just was not really utilized. Um, I don't have a heap of positives, really, to be honest with you. Like, I'm not super down on not it. Offensive it's not offensive ones, I'm anyway. Not, I'm not burn the house down kind of pissed off, but 
uh, or I think it was that lackluster. We didn't get beat out by 40 points like the Cowboys have been doing to bad teams. But it's just the the manner in which, you know, you give away a couple of those holding penalties. Um, and I thought for the most part, Pipkins did a pretty good job on Micah Parsons. But then there was, you know, a couple of penalties and then right at the end of the game gave up that eight-yard sack um, just after the two minutes. Just another big moment where the just offensive line failed. Yeah, cool. Fucking idiots. Um, it's happened three times in five games. It's happened three in five games. Yeah. Three games where the offense has the yep. ball with a chance to win. Three points yeah. to tie with the, just, with the Dolphins. It was three points to win. Always the same. And blitz. They don't pick up the, the op- pressure. The other over. defensive coordinator goes, I know exactly what I'm going to do here. Come on. Uh, listen, I think, you know who the best coach on this team is? Is Ryan Ficken. He is, he, I think he is okay. the best coach on this team because of the talent that he works with. Not the best talent in the world, but his unit keeps us in games or gives us the chance to win. Darius Davis punt returning, fantastic. That block to get the fump or the, the muffed punt, again, that's coached specifically. And these young guys are executing perfectly. So Ryan Ficken, Staley, Kellen Moore, they owe you a beer, more a beer. Can we can we be more like Ficken? Fucking Ficken Ficken. Because what he's doing is allowing us, and th- let's be honest, and let's call the spade a spade. The only reason why we're in that game is because of that play, really, because we were we were sticking yes. it. Yes. If, if, if it wasn't because of that, we'd probably lose by a touchdown or more. So, um, and Jack, that play is the exact same play as was made against Denver last year on Monday Night Football. Exact same with just here pushing the blocker or blocking him so into you, his team. So you talk Amazing. about consistency. That's consistency in coaching, consistency in performance. When the time is right. And, and that's what makes special teams even harder because it's fleeting moments, maybe once or twice in a game. You might not even get a chance, a, a, a chance like that in a, a game, a span of three or four games, but you do, and we capitalise. So right, that was a real big positive for me, and I still think he does a great job um, in developing some of these younger guys. Totally agree, and also managed to limit Cavonte oh, Turpin to only so thirty-six total return so yards. Good, good, good call, Jack. Some positives on the defensive side of the ball, because I thought there were lots, to be honest. I'll call out the obvious one. Rush defense continues to be uh, a much improved unit compared to last year. On this occasion, yes, Dak got off for a few, and the one jet sweep to Cooks worked. But running back carries, they had 18 for only 42 yards, 2.33 a pop. Sebastian Joseph Day has put together about three good games in a row. Nick Williams, very good. Austin Johnson, not grading as well, but who cares? Kendricks and Murray as linebackers against the run are looking good. So that that was one one thing to hang our hat on, I thought. Hopefully something they can take forwards. I got really concerned when I saw SJD sat on the oh. ground, um, wiggling with his knee. I'm thinking, we don't have Chris Hinton active. Uh, this is going to be a lot of Scotty Matlock. And- this first snap of the game. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's right. It was, and then I thought maybe five minutes in, Matlock looked cooked. So uh, it was good to see SJD get back in there, and yeah, they look. You can't not talk about Tui, uh, Tuli, sorry, and Khalil as well. Um, there was one that obvious play on the the keep, the RPO keep that uh, Dak scored on, where. Uh, Tooley came as the crashing edge in and obliterated Pollard only to realize that Pollard didn't have the ball. Um, and then, yeah, Derwin, well, we, we'll get to Derwin. What's going on there? Fuck's in that guy's head at the moment. Much. Um, 
rocks at the minute, I think. Absolute rocks, and he's shaking in the can. Um, but Khalil Mack, again, was solid. Um, we just really couldn't. Five sacks was probably, for mine, uh, a pretty, uh, how do I want to say it, a pretty flattering stat sheet because it didn't feel like they really got that much pressure. Um, Dak was Fox is up eight. to five sacks for the season after his two yesterday, by the way. The most he's ever had in a season is six and a half. He's on yep. five from five games. Generating Fuxy. some good stuff. Um, but look, I'm glad that you mentioned Jasir Taylor's nice touch on special teams. He got torched by CD Lamb um, and just it's a, it's a bit of a worry, uh, this secondary. I'm just not seeing Final positive. Much. Dean Marlowe, fourth and one, leaps over yeah, the pile beautiful, beautiful stop. to stop a fourth down. Mm. He he is earning ongoing playing time once Gilman returns. Hopefully that's soon. How sore can one's heel be far out? Uh, but JT Woods isn't getting back in the line lineup anytime soon. We don't even know what's wrong with him. It hasn't been reported on NFI. Again, um, another good pass. I was that's, that I was watching the uh, the running backs pass block. And they actually did a better job than they have in the last couple of weeks. So well done, running backs. Good job. You can't yeah, do your actual job, but backs, just pass block. Good job. I think the running backs and the tight ends were uh, seven of the top eight of PFF's graded um, pass blockers, yep. which adds up really on the day. Um, yeah, you're right, Jack. They did sort of step up a little bit, except for one. The one pass blocking snap he had, he may as well have sneezed on the guy <laughs> and Herbert gets mauled. Like, awful. How is that guy on the team? How, how, how is he taking snaps? I don't get it. Um, I did want to. Yeah. He's not taking many. I'll tell of you them. what, he's taking, what, four, six, six, maybe. Anyway, mm. um, yeah, the, the, the stuff that's going on in the on the defensive line is great. Um, Tooley has just added that extra weapon. Uh, the stunts and how Morgan Fox is getting free on the interior there, people are doing their job. So that unit seems to be really quite tight, I think. Um, and they're seeing some success, some really strong success, which is fantastic. It's just... You know the the coverage behind it, and we'll we'll get into that now. Um, man, we just got torched so badly that the, the, Alistair. The biggest thing I want to I wanted to ask you is that I, um, Aikman kept saying it on the broadcast. You know, there's such a giant gap between our two high safety looks and our linebackers, and there's just wide open space. And the Miami Dolphins killed us, and CD Lamb just torched us another one over the middle of the field. I understand that Staley's defense is not meant to stop big plays, but God, it just doesn't look good. And it looks very different to the other defenses that I see perform relatively well. I mean, the Cowboys played a shitload of man. So um, what's going on here? Why, yes. why is the, why all of a sudden does our back, our back four, let's say it looks so poor. Because that's their philosophy, that system of defense. And if you watch the Rams, if you watch, uh, Gannon and the Cardinals, if you used to watch the Vikings when they had Donatel, if you watch Fangio with the Dolphins, they believe in that. Not all the time. You mix it up, but it, you do notice it more. And I was as shocked as anybody. You, you all recall on the preview show last week, I said, well, the 49ers approach it this way. They played man pre press man technique, throw off the quick timing. That should work. What we've done is the opposite. We are allowing such high completion percentage to opposing quarterbacks. Team is 32nd in pass yards allowed 
per game. Uh, but the fact is the team scored 20 points. So I'm trying to restrain myself because I'm looking on the screen and saying, this is too easy. Lamb has had seven of seven targets. He's got a hundred yards. But what I'm not seeing are the ones where Prescott's holding the ball and looking up and his read isn't open because of the coverage structure and we're getting home and sacking him or they're missing a throw. So you notice the ones that don't work and you just think, what the hell's going on? How deep are the safeties? Straight up, quick slant in between the linebacker and the safety. Maybe that you take those, you don't allow the explosives. They didn't allow really a single one of those and they keep an opposition to 20 points. I'm not saying that's a justification. I kind of get, I can feel myself rolling my own eyes. I I, I was unimpressed and he wasn't. I remember watching it. Yeah. I was saying, why such space? But the defense did not lose us this football game. It's as simple as that. If you had offered me 20 points, 30 minutes before kickoff, I think I would have said yes. I would have thought about it and gone 20 against the Cowboys. I'll take that. We should be able to score 21 points and win this game. Yep. And Prescott, especially early, really left some throws uh, off the field. He wasn't he wasn't near perfect, um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one. There was just so many so many times there was just the sort of intermediate crosser, no one near, uh, unable to recognize the run. That sort of little screen to Tony Pollard. I spoke last yeah. week about um, things like CD Lamb's only had top of fifty five receiving yards in the last three weeks. Uh, Tony Pollard, another guy who um, is a you know a dangerous receiving back, and the Chargers really just played to themselves and allowed bulk yards from the receiving running backs and allowed CD Lamb to flourish. Um, and it was a lot of the time it was just cheap yards in the soft middle of the field on a crosser, yard, um, yards after catch because we can't lay a tackle in open field. Um, and so, you're right, yeah, we did look, benefit from a few missed throws and some, I think some PIs that oh, could have yeah. been caught against oh, us yeah. that weren't, oh, I yeah. would say, I would say we got the rub I of agree. the green from the officials. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we were just giving the flags that we were giving away. We weren't getting called really on technical stuff. Um, there was a, I think Zion fell forwards on a block and got done for, um, in a, ineligible receiver down the field, which is you know, a bit, how's your father for mine? But it was, you know, we're talking about the secondary. We can't not talk about Derwin James and another two times 15-yard penalties Dude. for stuff that he didn't need to push Prescott. He didn't need to cannon into him there, and he didn't need to lead with his helmet into uh, Jake Ferguson. Just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and then on that, on the play after, I think it was the rushing penalty, had the opportunity to pick off a ball in the end zone mm. and just wasn't like, wasn't aware enough to just kind of be ready for that spill. I think that was one that Asante had his arm around or was tugging on Michael Gallup's. Uh, you'd have yes. to feel, you'd have to feel dirty if you're Michael Gallup, you know, Sandy Lamb, even Brandon Cooks had a three for three kind of day and Gallup's getting overthrown, getting held. They're like, nah, man. Well, I, I need to um, fucking eat my words and I will because I'm, last week's podcast i said brandon cooks isn't a contested receiver well he essentially got a ball and stuck it up my ass so um brandon cooks yeah, so well, and it was a touchdown too so yeah, thanks brandon cooks i will oh, I'll, yeah, I'll take the, the loss on that one um, but just 
Must and that one no in the more. last two minutes when Asante, yeah. he's there with Asante. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, anyway, everyone goes happens. on about how good Brandon Cooks is. And then you look at the numbers and what he's done at every single uh, team that he's been. It's insane. Like he's putting together. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's not the Brandon Cooks podcast. We'll save that for later. Um, yeah, just on Derwin, Andy. I <laughs> Will not be saved for do, later. <laughs> do you have any idea why this guy, what, what, any reason why this guy could be playing the way he's? Because what he's doing at the moment is that he's actually a detriment to the to the defense. He was meant to be the Swiss Army knife that Brandon Staley would deploy in the secondary as a as a nickel, as a as a strong safety, brushing the passer. He just seems a like I don't. I, I put it down to confusion. I put it down to trying to do too much because he's the captain and wanting to lay the boom. I put it down to uh, injuries. He just looks, to me, he looks confused. What What are your thoughts on this? Because you brought it up um, and it's just, it's baffling to me. Oh, it just seems like a complete lack of awareness of his space and like the time of the game and just not playing with a football brain. Like you said, he's really wanting to, you know, lay the smack down. Um, why necessarily is that the way that a leader plays hard and heavy um, and over the top all the time? Like maybe in the eighties, sure. Mm. Uh, but it's not the kind of, it's not the kind of mentality for somewhat of a, to lead this kind of defense, which is that Ben don't break. He's trying to break everything in his path. Well and it's, um, well, I don't know. If, I, I don't, I don't know if he's trying to, you know, ramp the guys up, but it's, it's, you're exactly right. It's detrimental to this defense with the penalties he's been given up. And then he was playing too far from the line of scrimmage. I mean, that, that is a question of proper utilization. Derwin is not actually that good a coverage player, to be fair. He's six foot two or whatever it is. Yes, he can play deep safety if you make him. He can play single high. That's not what he's great at. He's great close to the line of scrimmage yeah. where he can smack the shit out of running backs and yeah. rush the passer and kind of get his body on a, on a slot receiver or a tight end. I didn't like how it was utilized in this game. And what it that breeds, I think, is because he's not around the ball. When he is around the ball, he's going, I'm going to can smack you on yep. and it's just happening too often and what do you do what do you do as a disciplinarian because it's it would be hard to say to the captain oh you're coming off the field actually do and that's two 15 yard penalties in the one game off you go but maybe it's a matter of reducing snaps if he continues to do it it's three games now yeah yeah i mean you don't want to sort of complete completely disharmonize the, the group by by benching do and do you, but I don't, I don't really know as a, as a coach, how you would discipline that and try and get it out of him. I don't even think Staley has the, the balls to be able to discipline that. There's no, it doesn't seem like there's anything greater than a, you know, I, even though I'm the coach, we're all even. And that's why, and guys are like, yell at me. You can't yell at mm-hmm. me. Like you just wouldn't do it. I don't think he has that, that, you know, bravado to be able to sit doing down and say, pull your fucking head in, mate. Like not only do you give away those penalties, you miss on your spy roll um, because mm. you can't see that uh, yeah. your corner, your Asante is rushing through to, to close that gap. And you've gone, Oh, what's my assignment? Am I actually supposed to be trying to do everything? And then I'll jump forward and leave the whole middle of the field open um, and get, get beaten on that Prescott run. And what, I don't know. I don't wait, know how you deal with it. Uh, listen, and I guess let's let's just move on to perhaps another DB. Michael Davis, 
um, not playing good football, unfortunately. And I saw a really good tweet. I, I can't remember who it's from. If you listen to the show, I, I really appreciate it, but I'm going to repeat it. Um, what it was, you know, he's has a good year, has a bad year, has a good year, has a bad year, has a good year. So he's up and down. And ultimately what you're left is you're left with just a middling cornerback that you can't really trust year on year. Uh, yes, the JC Jackson saga probably hurt his continuity a little bit as it did the whole DB room, but Michael Davis is putting together some pretty average performances and it doesn't look like it's really coming together either. Um, and the other one, and what are we going to do with Jaseer Taylor? Is, is this guy going to keep playing football and, and start for us in the slot? Because boy, oh boy, not good. Alistair, what do you say about those two? Uh, Michael Davis, look, the best I can give him is he really wanted to tackle Tony Pollard. <laughs> but I, I, he was the one guy on that play who actually dived after him. Yeah. How he didn't hold on to that tackle, I've got no idea. Because yeah. yeah. he, was, he was holding him for a good second and a half. Yeah. And then he just slips off and off he goes to the races. And... It wasn't that like a perfect microcosm of what it is to be a Chargers fan. I, I somewhat called it, Andy. I was like, you know what? Start of the fourth quarter. Here we go. It's a third and long. Uh, what could possibly go wrong here? And then we've got, we're talking about next was a third and 19 where there's not one, but two penalties on the same play, Davis and Jasir yeah. Jack. So very timely remark. And that's just got to make you tear what little hair you have left on your head, Brandon, because the game's essentially over or over-ish, if you get off the field there and they punt it back to us, I mean, it's these are the moments, that whole drive. They completed a third and 18, that one. Then they completed a third and six to CD Lamb. Yep. off. He was coming across yep. the field yep. on a crosser on mm -hmm. Jasir. And then they completed that third and nine to Brandon Cooks with Asante yep. trying to yep. bring him down. And look, the only thing the defense said is, could say is they only conceded three points on that drive instead of a touchdown and got the ball back to Herbert with two minutes, 19 left down by three points. Ultimately we're in the same position we've been in. Not I, I feel like we have focused yeah. on the negative with the, with the defense a lot, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of issues with the, the offense as well that we probably haven't focused on too much, but. Well, I've got a question for you, Jack, on okay. the offense. Uh, and is it time? I'm going to give you some data that, I've posted up on Bolts from the Blue. Is it time to be worried about Quentin Johnston yet? You have, have said don't get too don't get too caught up on the other peers in the NFL. The facts are Zay Flowers has 367 yep. yards. Addison has 277 and four touchdowns. Jackson Smith in Jigba only has 110. Quentin Johnston has six catches for 44 yards on the season through five games. 44 yards from five games. Now, he's getting less than half the utilization of the others. He's just had the 86 snaps. They're having 150, 200. Who's to blame, Jack? Who's, Who's to blame? Who's to blame? Well, you'd argue that perhaps all of preseason and all throughout uh, the earlier season before Mike Williams does his injury – it's clear there's a hierarchy. Brandon Staley seems to think it's this merit system where the best players play, but there are powers that be at the charges that for some reason, players that are drafted high um, uh, either play when they're not meant to be or they need a bit more development or um, 
clearly, you know, he believes in Palmer. He believes in Mike Williams. He believes in Keenan Allen. We don't want to upset the apple cart. So we're just going to stash, stash him away. Maybe they got, maybe he was drafted as Mike Williams replacement and they were like, well, we'll just wait a year until uh, Mike Williams either stays on or stays or moves on. We'll see what happens. Who's to blame. I, I think it's a mix. I, I do think there that uh, judging by um, the separation data that I saw somewhere, Quinton uh, Johnson can get separation and he, he is running routes. It's maybe it, it is Justin Herbert. And I, maybe I'm going to put the ball at his feet is that he doesn't either doesn't trust him. Not sure how much he's going to trust him after seeing him get, it was, was it PI? Was it not? I'm going to call it pretty but soft. He gets pushed off and it's the game uh, losing uh, interception. And maybe it's just too much for him. Maybe it's just too much for him, the, the, the job that he's being asked to do. Um, and maybe... The... What about the type of routes they're asking him to run? What about how Kellen's well, using him? Do you think Do you think they're, you know, giving him his best chance to succeed? Well, arguably you saw what we hoped Quinton Johnson would be with C.D. Lamb on the other side. Lots of crossing routes, lots mm. of speed. Um, you know, Michael, obviously we've talked about the DBs giving such a soft cushion in some of those some of those moments. So um, it, it just seems to me Justin Herbert just isn't getting him the ball. Uh, and the non, maybe the whole can't catch, can't catch, can't catch, playing on the conservative Justin Herbert mind a little bit. Ooh, I'm not sure if I'm going to throw it to him because, uh, you know, he might he might not catch it and my percentage might go down and I might get interception, make me look bad. I don't know, a little bit. No, that's not rides at all. So, uh, yeah, listen, at the moment, I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say he's a failure because I'm not going to go back on my what I said that yes, the others are going to look better than him. Uh, but yeah, it's not good. Not good. Manufacture some touches for him, Kellen. I mean, like Jesus. In the preseason. Clearly, his confidence is low. Come on, come on! And Darius Davis played two snaps on offense as well. Like just a just a bit of dare I say it, Andy? You made the call uh, on uh, on the live watch. They referred to Houdini for some reason on the broadcast, and you said, "Well, Houdini." It's almost like the magic trick here is Kellen Moore's been sw- switched out, and Joe Lombardi's the OC again Ooh. tonight. Yeah, yeah. Can't real... disagree. Yeah. <sighs> Some real flat stuff. Yeah, look, I just to touch on your point, Jack, I think I'll, there's a fair bit in Justin Herbert's head about the, I don't have Mike and I haven't had Austin. I don't have Jalen Guyton. Um, I've got to sort of keep building and force this with Josh Palmer, which sort of worked last year, um, but that's still developing. So it's either go to Keenan or... I'm, I don't know. Does he have it in him to, to risk his, uh, I, I see Justin as like a quiet guy, but a pretty proud guy. Mm. And he, he wants to win and he wants to be, you know, the smartest in biology and all that sort of stuff. And, um, there's like a, a silent little arrogance about him. And I think what that, what we're seeing is him just going, we're not ahead in a game enough for me to risk by dumping off to QJ a lot. Mm. Um, and I kind of agree with you, Al, in your point as well. Like, how are we using him? Kellen Moore wanted was the guy that was banging the table to bring him in, and we're just not really seeing a lot of the the sort of stop and curl um, concepts that he excelled at so well. You know, that stop and his turning circle to be able to burn guys and get that yard. They're up, using yards him on clear out routes. They're yeah. getting him to run verticals and then trying to open up the space underneath him. He's been a decoy on half of his routes, I reckon. Yeah. doesn't really work when he's not like the fastest guy. Get a, I mean, you're not going to throw a contested ball down the field to someone who's 
as tall as Darius Davis, but yeah, it just it seems like there's a lot of things and not one uh, particular thing to blame for the QJ uh, experiment so far. All right, well, before we head on to the Chiefs, got a couple of awards. Uh, Al, you have the Nayer Award. Far away. I do. I think it's worth reminding some listeners because we could have some new ones who haven't heard this before. In Australia, for some reason, when we answer a question, sometimes before we answer yes or no, we go, we throw in the opposite beforehand. So I might say to Jack, did you have a good day at school, mate? And he'll go, nah, yeah, it's pretty good. So for this one, I've got the nah, yeah award and that's a positive thing. And I'm going to give the nah, yeah award to, I mentioned him earlier, Big Nick Williams, the 310-pound, six-foot-four, 10-year veteran. Hey, if you're listening, I like to call him Nicky Dubs. Nicky Dubs <laughs> in the pregame. I was tweeting that it's important that this guy plays because he popped up late on the injury list with a back injury. And you know what? All he did was two clear run stops and 85.5 PFF grade. That might be the highest grade of any Chargers defensive tackle in a game since Daly took over. Two pressures and a sack. Nicky Dubs, you're the man. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> I've spoken. I've I've got the yeah now award. So something that started off good and ended pretty poorly. Um, I've banged the drum a fair bit tonight about you know where Justin Herbert's at, but I'm going to give the Yenna Award to Kellen Moore. Um, I think it's what he started out with um, on Monday night was great, and then nah, it wasn't wasn't good. So that for me has been the most definitive Yenna uh, to give out thus far in the season. Mm. When Jack- we created this segment. Andy, it was actually perfect for the Chargers because every game starts one way and becomes the other. I never thought there'd be so many opportunities to throw these awards out. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it's fitting in uh, Aussie Aussie parlance with Chargers football. <laughs> Wonderful. Jack, over to you and your teachable moment for this week, brother. Okay. I have generated an essay question. I asked my senior students to generate their own questions and figure out knowledge for yourself because that's what you need to do in life. And the question I have this week is, what is the identity of this team? They keep saying our way. They go, one, two, three, our way. What is the way? What is it? Because in week one, we look like the 49ers on the ground. In week two, the 49ers still look like the 49ers. So they do every game. In week two... We didn't. We look like a completely different team. This week, Austin Eckler is back. What do we do on the ground? Nothing. Some days we use a lot of Keenan. Some days we don't. Sometimes the defense plays really well. Sometimes they don't. I have this saying, and I think it's very important at this moment. And I think prepare and coach tight. I think you play tight and the results are tight. Now, if that does not sum up Chargers football, I don't know what does. So I looked back over the last three years of standard Brandon Staley's tenure, and I really counted, and there are going to be people out there be like, well, what games were they? Tell me, give me the stats. I looked at around seven to eight dominant games where we won by a score or more um, in the last three years. And most of them happened in year one. So I don't know what that, says about this team and the identity and what's happened over the past 30 months, 36 months. But I don't think it's good. And I think that Staley, the team, is playing tight. 
You can see it in the press conferences. You can see it on the field. You can see it in the performances. Let's just hope they can find some fluidity, some freedom, and just relax. Um, and that might, unfortunately, only come when there's nothing on the line and the season's over, which is really unfortunate because this team needs to find some kind of identity and the current one they have is not working. So class dismissed. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I was going to say you the way you were getting to it by prefacing that you asked all your students, if you want to learn something, figure it out for yourself. You're just going to go, I don't know what you're doing, but fucking figure it out. And I thought that was going to be your teacher. Couldn't have moment, said it better myself. That's money for jam. <laughs> Lovely salary. Hey, kids, think up your own question and answer I think I've just, I think I've just given away the, the, right, the secret homework. of teaching. But anyway, that's all right. <laughs> no, we know you do a lot more than that, mate. <laughs> yeah. All right. We move on to week seven in Kansas City. Out of the game, backup safety Raheem Lane has a confirmed torn ACL. We shame. understand that. Yeah, it is a shame. Um, he's been very handy on special teams. And, you know, if if Low Gilman can't sort out his heel, we've obviously mentioned a Lowy Gilman, um, JT Woods on the NFI list. So pretty thin at uh, that department. I'd hate to see AJ Finley lining up for on-field snaps and having to play Derwin as the sort of middle of the field protector away from the ball. And I shall um, clarify, Andy, NFI is non-football injury, not yes. no fucking idea. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make that joke earlier, but I, th I thought I'd let it go. Thanks for that. Um, yeah. News that Rashawn Slater has been playing with an ankle injury that I believe he suffered against the Vikings. Other than that, nothing too fresh comes to mind as far as other injuries, but Joey Bosa's still got an injured toe and, you know, Eckler doesn't look 100%. Herbert's got his finger. There are just cracks everywhere and nothing out of Jalen Guyton's camp as for his return. So the Chiefs last week kicked off uh, week six of football with Thursday night contest against the Denver Broncos and talk about bookending a weekend with some pretty drub games. Um, a bit of a non-event, 16 to nine scoreline. Still Mahomes and Kelsey managed to just do what they have to do. Kelsey chucking off a lateral in the opening drive. And um, yeah, look, it really boils down to Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, limiting himself massively in 95 yard total game with two horrible interceptions. Um, there's sort of, you know, not much. And when you, when the opposing defense doesn't even push the chiefs to a th close to a three and out. Um, yeah. It was just kind of, foot off the pedal in the last quarter, allowing uh, the donkeys to score a touchdown and convert the two points. So yeah, look, another win for the Chiefs. They're now five and one. And despite the the racket against various parts of their team, uh, they just managed to find a way. It's just what they have is that beautiful unspoken chemistry. Um, and that's really hard to come by. Al, what do you deem their strengths and the biggest threats to the Chargers this week? <laughs> we've, we've How long is got... Yeah. <laughs> Should have done another show just for this segment. We all know the Chiefs. We have to face them, unfortunately. It's our sorry lot to face them two times per year. So I'll try to 
throw some ones out there that aren't the usual because we know the usual. And if you want to see a perfect demonstration of how good this chemistry is between Mahomes and Kelsey, flick on JTO Sullivan's QB school breakdown of this matchup. And it shows how very often Kelsey's routes aren't even real routes. They're meant to be one thing. And then there's just this kind of backyard ball thing where he'll stop and do something else and Mahomes just pips it to him. It's that It basically makes it unstoppable because the defense doesn't know what's going to happen. A few strengths that we don't talk about all the time. What they're doing with Mahomes is it is just fantastic in terms of changing his launch point around. His decision-making on when to use his legs remains outstanding. I think it's the best it's been of his career at the moment. He scrambled for 12 first downs. He is so damn smart. You can't sack him. He knows how to extend time, buy some extra time if he needs it uses his legs only when he needs to on third and long. It's just sensational. Rated Rook. I have a rated Rook who is really stepping up and he's showing himself to have been drafted too low. Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver from SMU. There were some draft buffs out there who wanted this guy as a first round, second round talent. He ends up falling because he's got the physical attributes. He just hadn't quite put it together. Well, where do you send him? You send him to Andy Reid, who knows what to do with every single player. And he's emerged as Mahomes' second favorite option. He's a yak machine. They're using him out of the slot 62% of the time. And at the moment, he's got the second most targets for Kansas City. And he's had 235 yards and two touchdowns. So they're finding that guy they needed to step up who's going to help them push towards another Super Bowl victory. Because Sky Moore hasn't been a great pick so far. Valdez Scantling, eh, you know what? Mahomes gone. You're my guy. I've got Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and we're going to puff it around maybe Justin Watson every now and then. Injured. One, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, What's he done again? Elbow, I think. That's right. Dislocated elbow. So that's something. Something. They don't have their deep target, Justin Watson. Uh, The other thing I just would say, and then you can add anything else you want, their efficiency uh, as a receiving core is just excellent. They caught 30 of their 38 targets against the Broncos. And it's none of this, you you throw to QJ, you're scared he's not going to come down with it, or you throw it when he your tight ends and who knows what's going to happen. When they throw to their receivers, the ball is caught at an alarmingly high rate. So what more is there to say? They're, they're a consummate professional team and they have strengths for days. Jack, anything further to add? Uh, yeah, just a, a really weird one. Uh, just as I briefly looked at some of the numbers, um, PFF have them as the 10th ranked overall team, 11th on offense and tied 17th for defense. But this is where the joy of a great organization come. You just find yards, the secret yards, because their special teams is tied for third, is third in the league. So, and you just know that Mahomes and the offense aren't really hitting their straps just yet. They're still, they're just warming up. Um, and the defense, you know, Chris Jones didn't play early in the season. They're heating up. Um, and shout out to Trent McDuffie. I loved him coming out last year. Um, he's turning into one of the best corners in the league. So, uh, yeah, really good. When we talk about team like you know phases of an organization of, of an nfl team that support one another the offense isn't really kicking i mean you got my home so they're always going to be competitive defense is you know getting there but you've got your special teams just supporting it beautifully to find those you know those extra 50 60 70 yards a game all makes a difference yeah i've uh look they're they're freaks 
there's just no way about it. Their defense is actually keeping them in more close games than than not, which uh, hasn't really been the way of the past. Always been sort of handy, but yeah, Trent McDuffie's playing some good football, um, and they're a, a dangerous team. Chris Jones in the middle, Charles Omenihu comes back from his uh, four six week suspension just to add a little bit of partnership with Carl Aftis. It's just another another week of trouble doing KC stuff in in Kansas City. Um, onto their weaknesses, and it's like drawing blood from a stone because every time you go, oh look, their their run blocking hasn't been that great, but they've got an almost eighty PFF grade for their run game because of what Isaiah Pacheco can do, and and they've got Jared McKinnon who's handy in, as a as a back in the backup role, and sorry Clyde Clyde Edwards Hilaire as well. And then Mahomes himself, who can just extend plays better than Big Ben could ever imagine breaking tackles. And what I will say, though, is that I think at least once a game, Mahomes is up for a brain melt. And Mm. there was an interception that he threw to Justin Simmons Mm. that was just shocking. Um, So there are going to be opportunities. It's always going to be a close game. We always seem to play up to the Chiefs, um, which is just another one of our inconsistent habits of, you know, playing to our opposition. Well, now's the opportunity to play to your opposition and come up against the division leader five and one and actually put up a fight. Um, I'm not expecting us to romp out of there. Some Mike Williams related two point play to seal the game. But um, look, there, there are going to be opportunities uh, for the charges. So I don't know. I, I can't see that many too many weaknesses otherwise because you know what they've what they've lacked in their blocking on the on the ends um Juwan Taylor and Donovan haven't been that great but they make it work Mahomes makes it work and it doesn't matter if your O-line isn't that good he's still gonna evade you uh and we overrun our our rushes anyway so you know if Dak Prescott's sidestepping Tuli Tuipolotu Mahomes is gonna have his face in the dirt in in seconds um do you guys have any other glaring weaknesses on this Chiefs team and opportunities for the Chargers? Because I feel like whatever we say is just the opposite's going to happen anyway and yeah. we'll be made to look like schmucks again. I mean, glaring, no. I mean, you'd argue that the secondary bar McDuffie's not strong, but Cook and Reed are still middling NFL safeties. And when you've got Jones, who's causing havoc as, well, he's a top five defensive interior in the league. And he's going up against Will Clapp, by the way. So good luck there. Um and, and, and I always thought that the Chiefs linebackers were always a, a weakness, but not with Nick Bolton and Chanel. Just another guy we liked, Alistair, remember, coming out, Leo Chanel, um, is just playing well. Willie Gay's and, and really Willie good Gay. as well, and Tranquil's just... fourth. Mate, this is the best linebacking core in the oh, NFL, that fuck. four. Name, yeah. You can't find four linebackers better no, than that. So, yeah. No. Al, any weaknesses? It's, it's going to be uh, tough going. No, I'm going to just move on to the the keys to victory in the game plan because I think I can address it in answering that. The only chance I see us having really winning this game is to control time of possession, and the Broncos did not do it. I feel like you've got two ways of beating the Chiefs. You can either go with them blow for blow. I don't think the Chargers have that type of offense this season, unfortunately, with Mike Williams going down. So what we're going to have to do is control time of possession and limit Mahomes possessions and hope he throws a couple of those turnovers you mentioned Andy and if you can't run the ball in this game I don't know when you are because that is their that is their weakness their run defense they allow 4.5 rush yards an attempt that's 23rd in the league 
they don't actually have the best pass rush either. Yes, Chris Jones is great, but the edge defenders aren't anything particularly special. So that's a recipe on offense to kind of control the ball, actually find some first downs with your legs, like in week one. And then defensively, what can you do? Mahomes is an alien. They're moving the ball in a strange way this year. So they're ranked 27th of 30 qualifying quarterbacks for average depth of target. It's only seven yards, but the fifth longest time to throw. 2.94 seconds. So Mahomes is buying time and then just kind of going short. I say the team just has to be happy to give up the plays that are going to manifest. It might be like the Cowboys game. If you gave me 21 points, I'd take it right now. This is the bend, but don't break. Who knows? To blitz or not to blitz, they'll kill us either way. So yeah. that's the real kind of keys I see. Control the ball, just limit, what, limit the explosives and hope for the best. Grim. Grim. Yeah, would have felt a lot better um, heading into this game if we had won that one last weekend. But yeah, it does feel like the sort of the wheels are starting to fall off, and everyone's just out in the cold at the moment. Ugh, look, I don't really know how you can kind of control this team to beat them. I feel like Andy Reid is just—it's just a simple step for him to outcoach Brandon Staley, um, and if Herbert's not comfortable then the offense suffers and we won't be able to control the the uh, the time of possession. I noted something in after the game of the contrast between Kellen Moore's offense and McCarthy's offense with Dallas. It might have been during the broadcast. Just about how many more, like the percentage of run plays and how much more time of possession um, McCarthy's been able to generate with and essentially keep your defense fresh and the ball out of your opposition quarterback's hands. Kellen Moore is like a light up the scoreboard, fast kind of tempo guy. And I would be absolutely shocked if he goes into this one thinking, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to be conservative. So it'll be really interesting to see what he comes out with um, as far as his scripted game to start things off. Um, maybe with the mentality of trying to go blow for blow. But like you said, Al, I don't think that the Chargers at the moment are capable of keeping up. Score prediction, fellas. Unless you've got anything else to add on that one, Jackie Boy, before we wrap it up. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do a couple. Of, I say it every year. Um, I've said it the last three times we've played the Chiefs. Don't oversell the edge rush, <clears throat> Joey Bosa, because when you jeopardize the pocket, Mahomes finds the gap. He squeaks out to the side. First down, Kelsey or big gainer. Keep him in the pocket. I, I still do think that Mahomes is least deadly when he's throwing from the pocket. When it's when the play breaks down and all of a sudden Mahomes is out the side and people are rushing around and the cornerbacks and the secondary have to start turning their heads saying, that's when Kelsey goes, yep, thank you very much, 18-yard gain. Keep him in the pocket as best you can. And you just know that there's going to be a time in this game where the Chiefs are in the red zone. It's going to be, I think it's going to be early in the game and we might have scored early as well like we did against Dallas and it's going to be this big thing Andy Reid goes for it on fourth down or this interesting third down play when it looks like it's all going to fail and the crowd is sort of silent, but Mahomes does a stupid little shovel pass or passes to an offensive lineman for a touchdown and Brandon Staley's on the sideline going, fire out. And, that's, and, the, and there's the game. And that's just a, the Chiefs just have this incredible momentum sucking ability that can only be really brought on by greatness. And that's what, 
Andy Reid and Mahomes are together. Score prediction, 13-38, Chiefs. See you later. Oh. <laughs> well, if that happens, that has not been the story of Staley uh, against Reid. He's probably done as well as any NFL head coach. Don't have the stats. However, it seems every game has been within a score so far, I think, of the four times they've met. Having said that, I don't think this is that scoreline. I will predict the Chiefs win this by 10 points, 27 to 17. And then the conversation is going to be around, can this team climb back against the Bears and the Jets and the Packers? But they're going to be there's going to be two and four hole, I'm afraid. It's going to get darker before it potentially gets lighter. Although Jack is swimming in black at the minute. <laughs> He's wearing black, black T-shirt, black headphones, black night mindset. Uh but look, fair enough. That's that's kind of the vibe at the minute. But yes, two and four, my prediction, Chiefs win at home. Yeah, I have the Chiefs winning at Kansas City, 31 to 20. Um, and I think we'll probably limp to that. I think we'll need another kind of turnover in their territory, um, be it special teams or otherwise, to just get a short field and get that one to sort of claw things back. I see it kind of going pretty similar way to last week and it's going to be a sad Monday night on Ali's couch. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, but what if, what if this team wins? Won't it suck back in all the Chargers fans? If this is one of those huge wins and Brandon Staley's pumping his fist, you just know, won't that change everything? You just know it's Mate, if we win this one, well. you call the plaster. I'm putting holes in your wall. If we win this one, I'm going <laughs> full Bill's mafia and just head first straight into the, into the plaster oh, board. Gosh. That's why we watch the games, we boys, do. any That's given Sunday, we and we're a fun team to watch. Yeah. Well, bold fam, hang with it. Just write it out. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. We wish you all the best in your viewing for the Kansas City game. Hopefully we go 2-0 in the division. Uh, and uh, give us a like and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Save me. Save me, please. Bye. Backpedal's looking, firing, he's got Floyd turning, got it, zips it!